A star-spanning saga of ancient magic and deep science, vividly told by a modern master, says Dave Gibbons. Kelly Sue DeConnick states, the kind of epic you crave, both noun and adjective. And that doesn't even quite capture Liam Sharp's astonishing scope and vision. There's magic in these pages. Matt Fraction calls it jaw-dropping and epic and massive. He also says this is a gorgeous and incredible and massive swing for the stars that declares his ambitions have taken him to some exciting and undiscovered territories. Bravo, congrats, cheers, and exhale. This is glorious. What are they all talking about? Liam Sharp's upcoming six-issue series, Starhenge, from Image Comics. Liam himself says of the series, I wanted to do my own Image Comic for 30 years. I wanted to do a Merlin comic for even longer than that. This is a culmination of so many dreams and ambitions of mine finally being realized, and that makes it the most exciting and personal comic project I've ever done. I can't wait to see it on the shelves. It's also been described as a mashup of the Green Knight and Terminator with all the Arthurian legends, time travel, and killer robots that entails, plus Merlin, magic, and mayhem. The first issue debuts in comic shops on July 6th, with final order cut off on June 13th. So now's the time to tell your retailers to order you a copy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Comic Source, Comic Boom, slash, first time in a long time, Dark Knight Nation collaboration. (laughs) We are here to celebrate the Kickstarter launch of Dark Knight Nation, Trevor's fifth Kickstarter, the fifth issue of the Helix Project. Uh, Four previously successful Kickstarters, so congrats on that. And here's to a successful fifth in anticipation of the sixth and final coming. So yeah, yeah I'll raise my my drink, my sparkling water here to to Trev. Hey, uh, <laughs> Godspeed, good luck. I, I, Thanks, I man. in the interest of full disclosure, everybody, I have not yet gone. To, today's been the first day I haven't had a chance to go and pledge, uh, but I will be doing that shortly. Maybe I'll do it live on on camera. So everybody can follow suit, guys. Be influenced. This isn't peer pressure. It's just your turn. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, so Rocky thoughts on Trevor number five. Did you ever think when you first started reviewing comics with this crazy cat, we'd be sitting here like this? Uh, no, I definitely did not. I, uh, but, uh, you know, because, uh, well, one thing about you, Trevor, uh, you, you, you talk, you certainly talk to talk and I didn't think you'd ever walk the walk, but you have. <laughs> and, uh, You've uh, you, you've definitely uh, you've definitely put your money where your uh, you put your money literally where your mouth is, <laughs> and you're holding yourself accountable, and you're doing a pretty damn good job of it because uh, there's Kickstarter's filled with a lot of people that tried their best, but uh, despite best efforts, don't quite make it. But so far, you've risen to the top, and uh, you've done a pretty damn good job. So, uh, I mean, hey, it's it's congrats, man. How does it feel? Uh, first of all, thank you guys. I appreciate that. Um, second of all, I, I it's weird, you know. I think at this point the wheels are just sort of spinning, and 
Um, for me now, it's always like, what is next? What, what is, um, what are we doing moving forward? So for me, um, it is exciting, uh, launching this issue because, um, I say this with no hyperbole, this is easily the best thing I've ever done, uh, so far, um, working with a, a brand new artist, Samuel Iwunze out of Lagos, Nigeria. Um, and he is so good and so incredible that I re-edited the last half of issue five and added four more pages to account for, um, I think just the, the way he excels visually in the storytelling language of comics, um, so that we can add more impact to the end of this issue. But all in all, I'm incredibly proud of this issue. And uh, I mean, down to the cover art, I mean, as, as you guys might be able to see on the screen, um, the, the cover art for this issue features the two best pairings of covers I think we've seen so far, like top to bottom. So I, I'm super, super excited um, and just, just thrilled to be bringing this book out to people. You know, we, we've spent the last year um, kind of building up the story and challenging these characters. And this issue marks, I think, um, one of the biggest mountains for these characters to conquer. And I'm really excited to share that with everybody. Yeah, maybe we should take a step back and remind everybody what the series is about. Yeah, yeah. So um, Area 51, the Helix Project, primarily takes place in a UFO hysteric America under the shadow of the Cold War. And it presupposes that the UFO alien specimen that was mass sighted in Roswell, New Mexico in the late 40s um, has masqueraded as human for a few decades uh, until he eventually exposes his alien physiology in a last ditch attempt to save a human child's life. But in doing so, he's murdered in cold blood in front of his son, um, who is a half extraterrestrial, half human hybrid. And so Kent, um, named after a, a certain other alien from comics for good reason, um, sort of struggles to pick up the pieces uh, as he grows up for the next 13 years until he's confronted by a mysterious letter not only claiming that the sender was there the day that his father was murdered, but that they somehow have a means of getting him back. So he's driven to uncover the circumstances surrounding his father's death, uh, obviously questioning the cryptic motivations of whoever this person is, and, and is meanwhile sort of dropped into the jaw of this genetics cold war conspiracy um and is forced to face a twisted ghost from his past that plunges a dagger into everything he knows about himself and ultimately what it means to be human is this the uh, penultimate issue is uh, is it six issues going to be total or is this is this the penultimate issue trevor this this is the penultimate issue so this issue will set up um basically the climax of the entire series so it is a big one <laughs> well, and no I, plans to at this point to go back and tell more of the story. Feel like you're really putting a period on the end of the sentence. Um, it, it's one of those situations where I've had I've had small ideas in ways that I might be able to play around in this space in the future. Um, but there there is a pretty defer, definitive punctuation placed at the end of the story for good reason, with it being my first um, comics endeavor. Uh, one, I wanted to prove to myself that I could finish a story uh, and do it well. And two, I just think that these characters had their natural ending um, and and the, their arcs had their natural ending uh, at the end of six based on what I had plotted out. And, and the closer I've gotten, the more and more that proves to be true, I think. Um, I'm really big about maintaining the creative integrity um, of the story first. And, uh, you know, unless I have the right idea, 
you know, these characters, this story is going to rest. Um, now, if down the line I, I become the writer to tell, you know, the the expansion of, of this story in some way, shape or form, you know, I'll, I'll go back to it. But it only only if it feels right. Gotcha. That makes sense. You said earlier uh, it feels like that the wheels are just turning at this point. So you feel like, you know, here's the other thing, right? Like we've talked about this before. You're doing these in quick succession as opposed to a lot of Kickstarters. They take a big, long break in between which is one of the things I don't like about Kickstarter when you're really into a story and you're used to that monthly, uh, you know, chunk of that story, that monthly installment. It's not always the case with Kickstarter. Um, do you feel like in a way this thing sort of has its own momentum and you're just hanging on for dear life? It's starting to, I mean, you know, the momentum was like sheer force of will. I mean, you know, you guys have seen it from the beginning and, and sort of, you know, the beginning felt like I was walking around with um, restraints and weights. And, and for me, it was just about building that uh, through sheer muscle. And, and you know, now we're, we're at the point where a year later, I mean, we've done three shows this year from different stretches uh, in, in, in all of the North American continent. Um, so it's, it's weird to say, certainly, yes, I think that the, it definitely feel like the, feel like the weights are coming off and that, you know, we're beginning to carry ourselves, but I think the, the impression and the struggle of, uh, having to, you know, drag this thing along and, and push it in front of people is, is still pretty present, you know? Well, I know no, what- I mean, you did. Go ahead, Rocky. I was just going to say, like, one of the things that, I, that that I've noticed is my own impatience in reading it because I've, I've, I'm so curious to know how this ends and I've been waiting for a long time. And we're going to get a fifth issue and then a sixth. And mm-hmm. I, I personally am really – I think – I can't wait to this as a trade and I'm really hoping that uh, things work out well enough that you can put this in a trade because I think it's going to be that much more rewarding and experience uh, reading it because I know coming at the end of issue four – uh, I know Kent is right there in that in that compound, uh, along with his. I guess I guess this this potential love interest slash. I'm not. I'm still unclear about her her motives. And uh, there's the there's the colonel there, and all these other machinations. I don't want to ruin it for people that haven't read from the beginning, but it really does seem to be building to something. And the topic uh, and the subject matter is. It's just right up there with conspiracy and in, in, in everything else. So I guess my question is, are you are you hoping to put a trade together at some point on this whole thing as well? Oh yeah. I mean that would be that would be a real stepping stone for me personally and in my career. Um I'm all about the reading experience and, and curating um the most accessible way to digest the material. And um, you know, because of the nature of indie comics and, and self publishing uh, through my company, um, you know, the, the potential of a trade is entirely dependent on the success of these single issues. Um, I do my best to incentivize it, uh, as much as I can trying to deliver value in the physical production and in the amount of content. Um, but I would love to do a trade and I would love to, you know, get the ground soul of support enough to make it a nice premium trade, uh, with really cool features. You know, we've been toying around with it, as you can see there in that image with the new printing of issue one, um, where the, the base of this brand new printing not only has a awesome new cover by Adrian Bone, um, but the original version is embossed. Uh, we also have a new foil version that's uh, done in limited print. But um, both of them feature a lot of cool behind-the-scenes material about 
what it's like making comics, both from the writing editing perspective and from the art perspective. So, you know, we're already sort of dipping our toes into those pools and I would love to be able to go all out on a trade eventually. You got to go with a trade that has like five preview pages for your next project. Cause I know you got a lot of ideas in that brain of yours. Oh yeah. Some of, I mean, some of those things are beginning to be worked on, uh, which is really, really exciting. And, um, almost feels like an acid trip, uh, <laughs> being able to play in, in a couple different spaces. So it's, it's incredibly exciting. Yeah. I you mentioned a uh, second printing for issue one. I mean, that, that's a, a milestone. I certainly haven't had you on the show since, uh, you sold out of issue one, which I mean, not, not to say that I didn't expect you to be successful, but you know, when I was there with you at uh, Terrificon, just seeing the amount and that was when issue, I think three had just come out and the uh, campaign for four was just starting. So we were, we were, um, running the campaign for issue three at the time, which was the the struggle. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah. Running, running for three, you had copies of issue one and issue two. You had so many copies of issue one. Again, not to think that you wouldn't be successful, but I mean, that was a lot of books to sell uh, Mm -hmm. and to have sold out of the first printing. I mean, that, yeah, just congrats, man, because that's that's really cool. Did you ever think you'd get there? Did you ever think you wouldn't have boxes of issue one laying around? Um I mean, I, I figured, you know, if I stuck to it, it would happen eventually. Did I think it was going to be happening within like a year? No, no way. I mean, like, you know, for a little little guy indie comic, I, I, pr- I printed a decent amount of books. You know, it was over over 850 copies of issue one. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's an incredible experience. It's humbling. Um, and that's exactly why I kind of tried to take – this new printing to the next level with that extra material because uh you know i mean it's it's a joy it's an honor to be able to do that and so you know anything that i can deliver to the readers as a thank you uh i i will do to the best of my ability when did you where where or when did you sell your last copies of the first printing of one was it so so i have a couple spares for the most part that i i'm thinking about having graded um Maybe maybe a, a a graded copy of each cover for myself, and yeah. then um, potentially just kind of having a couple to grade to to maybe sign and get get certified by CGC or CBCS to then you know maybe either raffle away or give away to one of the backers that's been with us since the beginning. Um, you know, I wanted to be able to do something special for the people that have been with us on the ground floor. So. Um, yeah, uh, so I do. I do have a couple of copies, uh, but not many uh, by any stretch. You know, maybe mm, ten of each cover. Wow! I know. So uh, doing the shows, have you learned? Did you learn anything? Was I mean? I again, I heard MegaCon was outstanding for you. Give us some some uh, stories from the road. Oh man! I mean, it's been a crazy year. You know, I mean, I've been to Canada twice now. Um, uh, uh, Megacon, as you said, I have Dallas coming up this week and then heroes con in Charlotte the week after, but it's, I mean, it's, it's been, it's been a lot. I mean, primarily I think, you know, you learn what is going to move at a convention versus what's going to move online. Cause they're very different spaces. And sometimes I think, you know, our, my brain, at least as somebody who's coming out with a product kind of conflate those two things and you think they're going to be similar and it's not really always the case. Um, 
but I, I think really it's, it's made me more and more enthusiastic, to be honest with you. Um, I am more and more excited and more and more humbled by the amount of people that I get to talk to who connect with this thing that, that I made up, you know, something that was just in my head for, you know, months and months and months on end. Um, and it's given me a, a great appreciation just for where I am now. You know, I mean, I'm not necessarily uh, writing Batman or anything, but, you know, we've, we've crossed quite a distance, I think, in the last year. And um, being able to meet people and connect with people um, about this story has, has just put so much of that into perspective. Um, and, and it's just it's a great source of pride and, and joy for me. Uh, and it, 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 I think it makes me better at these shows. You know, it makes me more and more excited. Um, I've pretty much completely shaken away any nerves uh, just because I'm, I'm far too happy, to be honest with you, when I'm at these shows and talking to people to be nervous. I noticed, I noticed when you were at the, I mean, I was, uh, for those listening, I was at, uh, I was with you at the Toronto Comic-Con in, in, March and then in Calgary Expo in in April, and I can personally attest to your passion when it comes to uh, when it comes to explaining Area Fifty uh, One, the Helix Project, to to anyone approaching the table. It was always uh, it was always amazing because you'd always have the you always have a way of explaining your story. You're quite passionate about it, and it's never quite the same. Uh, you describe it differently every time every time uh, you say it. Uh, you, you described the story, and I'm curious. You've you've uh, you've written this story in your head quite a bit. You, you know the ending. You've sort of talked about the ending. You've hinted to me and to others in interviews that the ending. Uh, you you love the ending, but you and people. You figure people are either going to love it or they're going to not like it. <laughs> and yeah. uh, I'm wondering: is um, have you ever deviated at all about about the the, sto- the direction of this story? Uh, you're at the end of issue five here. You have you ever have you is issue six has the ending changed uh, so far uh, or is, are you still health headset on the ending you've originally planned? Uh, I mean, I, I pretty much had the DNA of the ending um, almost from the start. Uh, once, or at least pretty close to the start. Once I understood exactly where Kent's character arc was going to go. Um, I mean, things have changed, you know, certain, certain things about the way we're delivering information and, and, and trying to represent these characters have changed over the course of time. But to be honest with you, the ending has stayed the same for the most part. Um, you know, from the beginning, uh, it, 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 it was in that way fully formed. Um, but the, the meat of the story getting there was, uh, something that, that took, you know, the revising and and the back and forth. Um, you know, like I said earlier for five, we added an extra four pages you know, we didn't change the plot or anything. We changed the way we delivered it. Um, so more, more along those lines for sure. Yeah. We just a quick note. I know, uh, uh, hail the lore. Uh, on the chat asks uh, if I might ask what is this story about and uh, hail the lore I will tell you that uh, Trevor explained at the beginning of the interview he gave a quite a good synopsis in terms of what Area 51 the Helix Project is about I can also advise that you can go to Kickstarter a pretty good synopsis on the kick at the Kickstarter page is uh, is also set forth uh, on on Kickstarter and it gives a basically a good rundown 
of the characters and, and, the, and the general synopsis. It's definitely worth checking out. And you could uh, right now you can get. Let me ask you, Trevor, what is the what is the most economical? If somebody wants to check out the first five issues here, uh, can you get them all just in one package digitally? You want to maybe talk about that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so link in the description below, uh, Kickstarter launch today. Uh, not only will you get a pretty decent brief synopsis of everything, um, but you'll get previews at art from throughout the entire series, uh, covers, interiors, everything, uh, and a little bit of mm, like a, an info session on what's happening, like a little breakdown in every issue without spoiling everything or anything really. Um but you can, I mean, you can grab all five issues digitally for $22, um, which not only includes the, the first five issues, but you also get the PDF for both the original printing of issue one and the new printing of issue one. So um, with that, you know, that new printing, you get the extra cover, the brand new cover, which is a great piece by Adrian Bonilla and uh, colorist Marcio Freddy. But there's also some really cool behind the scenes material in there. So I thought that would be cool to include. Uh, I, you know, I don't know many places where you can get literally, what would that be? 85% plus bonus, bonus material of the entire series uh, for $22. Uh, physical copies really start as low as five to six bucks. And I mean, if, if I can humble brag for a little bit, I feel like the physical production value of these are quite high uh, given the price point. So, um, you know, uh, I, I think that it's it's relatively affordable for anybody that wants to get in. And the nice thing is you get literally 85% of the story in one good go around before we do issue six at the end of the year. Yeah, no, I, I agree. The that and the, and the quality of the of the comic is I mean, in, in this day and age where if you anybody if you want to talk about quality and you want to know how much better the quality is, just go pick up your average Marvel comic and you know, hopefully it won't, you know, crumble in your hands or uh and uh you know, DC slightly better. But uh fortunately I mean the quality here is uh I mean if it, it, it feels like almost 30 cardboard every single issue you're getting a lot of good bang for your buck and that's one of the things when we're at cons we got that comment regularly from people that came to the table look through it uh you know they they commented on you know it it felt it felt good it felt you were getting some good bang for your buck and uh that's that's before you even uh read before you even read the story but um so this this artist you talked about what's his what's his name again uh, Samuel Iwunze. He is um, an artist based out of Lagos, Nigeria. <laughs> I, I'm curious, how, how do you come across him? I mean, the last one is from Spain, wasn't it? And this one's from Nigeria. How do you do that? How do oh, you find you know, I mean, if I if I let you know my secrets, I'd have to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I mean, it's just, it's honestly, you know, I've gotten to the point now. I mean, I'm, I mean, we, we all know anybody that's known me for, you know, pre comic book days or even, even now, um, I'm a, I'm a pretty picky bastard. So, uh, you know, I've developed an eye for, um, artistic talent and narrative storytelling over the last, I mean, since, since I used to do comic book criticism. And so, um, for me, it was just learning how to sort of scan the internet and, um, <clears throat> you know, now that I've, I've been doing this for a little while, I know exactly what I want. Uh, and I know how to sort of put out feelers to see if that, if this, if, you know, the prospective, um, hiree would, um, sort of meet that. And Sam 100% does. 
Um, he has been an absolute pleasure to work with. He is an artistic juggernaut, uh, as you can tell by by his cover right there on the screen. Um, so you know you can only imagine what he's doing inside the book, and and let me tell you, it's it's incredible. He's bringing some real big energy to this book. Yeah, was that a tough call to change artists, or was your other artists couldn't move forward, or? Um, yeah, I mean, of course, you know, I, I, I still have a lot of love for, for Marcelo and the work that we were able to do together. Um, there were just a couple of complications that, um, you know, made it difficult to keep the pace and in fact, um, sort of slowed the pace down a bit to begin with. And, um, you know, when it came down to it, it, it was a difficult call. Like I said, all love, all respect. We still have a relationship um, to potentially do something in the future. Um, but, you know, I, I, I realized that I, I needed to work with somebody who was a little bit more available and, and ready to put out the material within a decent amount of time. Um, and also, obviously, as you can tell from the cover art, uh, I mean, he's also just he's incredible. Um, and, and we were fortunate to sort of put feelers out um, when he did the secret variant cover for issue four, which was like a stretch goal in unlock for the last book. Um, and, and sort of the rest was history. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, I did back. Uh, had to get uh, an issue four because I ashamedly didn't back because I was waiting. So, you know, with some of the – problem you know you mentioned three being a, a real tough one uh so i was like okay with four i'm gonna wait till the end and then i can base my pledge on what uh you know what might be needed and then you surpassed it and i didn't i totally forgot that i never pledged so i mm -hmm. i got both covers of issue four and of course i had to get a variant for a foil variant for the first issue and of course an issue five so i've backed i have shared it on Appreciate twitter so uh yeah looking forward to to checking it out um, we kind of, Rocky sort of touched on this a little bit when he was asking about the, you know, changing the ending. Um, and obviously you, you left room for the story to, you know, have room to change a little bit organically. You, you mentioned adding some extra pages to issue five, um, kind of on the heels of that, what challenges has this presented so far? I mean, I feel, I feel like you're in the home stretch, even though you've got one more to go. I feel like you're in the home yeah. stretch. What, you know, now that you've got, you've been doing this for a year you know, four successful Kickstarters on your belt. What are some of the challenges, you know, going way back that you didn't anticipate? And what are, if any, of the things that you thought were going to be kind of tough that turned out to be just kind of, eh, that's fine, easy? Oh, um, well, first, thank you for backing. I appreciate you. Um, second of all, to answer your question, um, I guess we'll start with the last part. In terms of what ended up being easier – and I thought it would be, I guess, ending the story. Uh, I, I was really nervous about giving this story its fitting ending. And, and while I had the plot down, right, like I, I knew how it was going to end, the way we were going to deliver that ending was a, was a real sort of point of contention for me. I've, I've never, you know, finished a, a story like this. Um, and, and obviously this is my first comic book series. So, um, you know, every sort of new step was always a, a, a fresh, fresh take. Um but when it got time to do it, I think at that point I was sort of in rhythm and I knew these characters and I, I knew where their arcs needed to go. Not like what the characters wanted, but what they needed um, in order to sort of fulfill this story and this narrative journey that we've set out on. Um, 
but in terms of things that might have been more difficult, um, honestly, keeping track of inventory has <laughs> been a little bit of a nightmare. Um, funny story. I've, I don't know if I, I said this to you guys off screen when it was happening. I, Rocky definitely knows. So when I was packing for, I think, yeah, for Toronto, I had realized that I had about f- 40% um, of the inventory that I thought I did for issue one. And that prompted me to go into a frenzy for the reprint. So while we were in Toronto, I was actively dealing with like some production of the reprint of the, of the, the, the brand new edition, um, like the trade dress and, and getting together all of the, um, cool, like pull quotes. Cause we were fortunate enough to get a statement from, um, uh, Marvel Zone Savage Avengers writer David Pepos, who is um, an also uh, well-established force in the comic book Kickstarter community with the OZ, um, great book by the way, um, and this a, a longtime Marvel veteran DG Chichester was kind enough to actually write an entire introduction to the series. Uh, you can see a segment there on the screen, but there was a full introduction inside the the new printing, which is humbling and uh man i remember when i got the email uh with their quotes uh i remember looking at, at rocky in the hotel room i was like dude I, I might cry i might cry right now um i don't know i think i, I kind of rambled off a little bit because that's what i do um but in the long run yes yeah, so keeping track of inventory has actually been quite difficult um and it's kind of put me in this position where actually i'll be spending most of tomorrow reorganizing and taking inventory. What's up, Patrick? You're the freaking man. Thank you for showing up tonight. Um, sorry, had to get that, had to get that as I saw it. Um, but yeah, um, inventory is definitely been a big thing. And in, in terms of what's been not difficult, but a surprise has been just like some of the interactions that I have at shows. And, and I mean this in the best way possible. Um, you know, we have people who, naturally are, are sort of skeptical when they come up to the table and they will buy, um, you know, one or two issues one day and they'll come back and they'll buy the rest and they'll come back and they'll be super passionate. Be like, I love this story. Um, you know, I, I really connected with it. This is my favorite thing. And like that stuff, I, I don't think I will ever adjust to because every time I hear it, I feel like happy crying and I'm not that type of person. You guys know me. Like I got pretty thick skin. Somebody could say the meanest, rudest thing to me. Um, but when people come up to me and, and talk to me about how they connected with this story, man, it, it, it just, it makes me, um, kind of makes my knees weak, you know, it's, it's, uh, crazy to deal with. Um, and, uh, it's, it's humbling and, and an absolute honor. Yeah. yeah that's the, the thing, uh, that we sort of talked about when you did your first show, which was terrific on, I was, I was there, um, and we just talked about how exhausted we were after the weekend, you, you more than me, you know, I was exhausted from running the charity auction and running around, having fun, spending money, digging through long boxes. You're exhausted from working your first con and, you know, your voice was gone from pitching the book over and over and, you know, interacting with people. Uh, and I, I reminded you what I told you the first day. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And, you know, now mm. that you've had these other shows under your belt, I think you're starting to, to understand that. Um, and I think kind of going hand in hand with what you were just talking about, and this will certainly be the case when you move on to your next series, is seeing those people, you go back to Calgary, you go back to Orlando in a year or two with your next project, but you see the same faces. You see people, obviously they're trusting you, you know, they're trusting your creative, uh, 
ideas, your creative vision. Uh, they're trusting you with their hard-earned dollars to entertain them with the story. Uh, mm -hmm. That's got to be, you know, very satisfying. So I, I look forward to that for you because uh, you've already had a taste of it with people. You know, yeah, I'm just going to buy the first issue. And then they come back the very next day of the next con and they're like, I got to get the rest. You know, that's just fantastic. Yeah. So happy for you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is, it's, it's honestly, it is like one of the greatest pleasures to, to starting this career. Um, it, it will, I, I mean, not that it, I'm ever like this, but it's like, I could be in the worst mood possible. in the minute somebody says that, like I'm, I'm smiling ear to ear. Um, quick shout out to everybody in the chat too. I just kind of peeked in there. Uh, Joe Trinity from second street, Marvel, Adi, uh, Hail the Lore, Digital Cruiser, Patrick Stewart, Stephanie. Uh, thank you guys. Appreciate you guys showing up. Uh, and thank you all for your support. For those of you that have already backed the Kickstarter, it means the world. I'm curious, who does your animation for all, for your wonderful video presentation on Kickstarter? Oh, man, that's uh, that was Joey, uh, Joey Schweikler, uh, known as uh, Geek Show Joe on YouTube. Uh, he did a fantastic job. Um helping me out as we worked on this cool dramatic trailer that you're playing and sort of with every Kickstarter, we always make little adjustments here and there to update it and add art from newer issues or, um, or just find ways to make it smoother. Um, you know, it, it Joey is, is fantastic, man. And, um, I, if anybody is looking for some, uh, design help or uh, logo design or animation slash video editing design, Definitely go check the guy out. He's um he's honestly one of the, one of the sweetest people you were, will ever yeah. meet. One of the nicest guys. And he's in uh, the chat too. He's in the chat for those uh, watching on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. will. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll throw my endorsement uh, behind Joey as well. If uh, you've seen any of the uh, videos on on my channel, the Comic Source YouTube channel, don't do a lot, but they all have uh, an amazing. A comic source intro that Joey put together that I couldn't be happier with. So yeah, he's definitely, uh, and quick too, turns it around really fast. Yeah. I should mention that uh, digital cruiser has just uh, purchased the uh, issues one through five on, uh, he says on Kickstarter. And we also got another comment from uh, Houston uh, 500 saying that I backed Kickstarter today. She says, I really need issue four. Apparently you were out when she saw you in Orlando. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it. I didn't have issue four in hand yet at all uh, at that point, but it was right before I did. And um, no, yeah, I mean, that was a fantastic show. Like, it's a good problem uh, to have when you run out of. Uh... <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a pleasure, man. I mean, and, and being able to meet people who, um, like I said, man, connect with the material. It is uh, like it, it leaves me speechless every time. Uh, can you tease us, uh, you know, again, not to put the cart ahead of the horse here, but can you tease us what genre your, your next project you're looking forward to? Now I know, uh, you know, you mentioned not writing, you know, you're not to the point where you're writing Batman or anything. I think Zadarsky is, you know, the next guy on Batman in a couple of weeks, but I'm sure by, by the time he's done with his run, you'll be next up to the plate. But in the meantime, I mean, DC. call me <laughs> Yeah. in the meantime, what genre are you looking to tackle next? Um, so the next project is actually a, uh, a series of short stories collected in an anthology, which I'm really, really excited to play with. Um, you guys will see some familiar artistic uh, collaborators. You will also see some new artistic collaborators that I've had the pleasure of meeting over the course of the last year, just going to shows and networking there and online. Um, 
I mean, it, it's really going to be, I think, for a while at least, it, it, it might be my calling card creatively. Um, it's a, it gives me an option, uh, the, the the space to really flex creatively and play in a couple different spaces. I mean, there's in that anthology, that first anthology, there's going to be a supernatural murder mystery, um, a sort of wartime, uh, I don't know, um, historical drama about two immortal warlords. Um, there's going to be a, like a sci-fi future about businessmen. Um, there will be a dystopian sci-fi story about the last cherry tree on earth. Uh, let's see. Um, and, and a couple of other really cool sort of stories that would be my first fantasy story as well. A lot of firsts, a lot of great new, new collaborators and old collaborators. And again, just stories I'm really proud of, you know, just super digestible a little bit for everybody and anybody. So I'm super excited to be able to put that out. Um, I mean, we're looking to do anywhere in the neighborhood of like six to eight short stories in there. Um, and it's going to be a, a, a nice sizable book. I, I think at a bare minimum, 72 pages more than likely more than that so um aside from that uh i have a 12 issue series uh that um i've already plotted and i've written the first two scripts for and um i can say definitively from from my side of the table they're the best things i've ever done like by a long shot uh, i've never been more proud of of anything i've ever written um and i think they take everything that i've learned uh, from the beginning of the Helix project to penning some of the stories in the anthology um, to just working with artists and understanding a little bit more about the collaborative nature of the medium. And uh, they put it on full display uh, and genre wise, it is a supernatural political thriller. So, um, you know, another, another brand new space for me to play in. Are you going to self publish that? Or are you hoping to shop it around and find a publisher having decided the, the, the initial goal is to shop it around first, um, finding a publisher who will also recognize Pocket Watch Press as as, a, as the imprint for the story. Um, if not, obviously, we can always go back to good old reliable Kickstarter. Uh, we found we've continued to find more and more success on the platform. So, um, you know, that's not out of the realm of possibility, and that's not anything that uh, I would shy away from if if need be when the time comes. Okay, fair enough. Well, uh, everybody, uh, th thanks everyone. Uh, thanks for uh, showing up in the uh, chat. Uh, Trevor, thank you for sharing with us, uh, getting us all hyped for issue number five of uh, Area Fifty One, the Helix Project. I, I'm, I for one, I, I can't. I'm looking forward to this. I, hmm. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out the ending because I'm thinking like uh, you got all the pieces in place, the mystery, you got all the characters in place. Issue four was a pretty big setup. I'm really curious to see what happens in issue five. But uh, thank you, uh, you know, thank you for allowing us to interview. Uh, and I, we, we certainly wish you the, uh, the most success everybody if you're watching go to kickstarter area 51 the helix project you for 22 bucks you can get up the first five issues it's well worth it i so while i've only read issue, issue four i gotta wait to issue five but i'm looking forward to it and i encourage anybody everybody to check it out in the words of houston 500 in the chat can't wait for issue five mm -hmm. and uh yeah anything to add uh, yeah. jace yeah, just remind us, yeah, you mentioned a couple of shows that you have for the rest of the year. What's your schedule? What's your con schedule for the rest of the year look like? Yeah, um, so um, next – or no, not next. Jesus Christ, it's this week. Uh, time is sliding by. Um, this weekend, I'll be at Fan Expo Dallas, uh, which I'm super, super exciting for. 
uh, excited for, excuse me, sorry, I'm a little bit brain dead. Um, and then after Fan Expo Dallas, on the following Wednesday, I will be at Titan Comics in Dallas um, doing a signing from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. And then I got to hop on a plane to go straight to Charlotte, North Carolina, because the following weekend, uh, which is next weekend, I'll be at Heroes Con. Um, so you guys can follow uh, Pocket Watch Press on social media to stay up to date with uh, where we'll be, when we'll be there, um, and our table numbers in these artist alleys, respectively. Um, so... Yeah, uh, keep up with us there. Shout out to everybody in the chat, especially those of you who have already backed uh, the campaign. Um, if you are looking to back, but maybe you know you're, you're waiting for a paycheck, keep in mind, uh, Kickstarter does not actually charge your payment method until the campaign is over. So you, you have 40 days basically before um, the piper comes tolling. So you know if you haven't already, consider backing the project. Getting this early groundswell of support does a lot for us in terms of how the the algorithms um, on Kickstarter and on the internet will promote the project. Um, so if you haven't, consider backing it. I think we deliver a lot of value. There's a lot of really, really cool rewards, cool exclusive merchandise, options to get some um, um some private commissions from artists that work on the series, which I think is a really great opportunity because literally all of them are in, uh, I think all of them are actually uh, on entirely different continents uh, now that I think about it. So beyond just being in different countries, great opportunity. Um, particular shout out to this man, Patrick Stewart, who has uh, you know, been an executive producer backed on that level of the series um, for the last couple campaigns. So super, super grateful. Obviously, uh, thank you to the boys. It's been a long time since I've had the pleasure of chatting with you guys, but uh, you know, it, it always feels um, real easy getting back on the horse. So I appreciate you guys for having me. Yeah, and thank you to thank you again to Patrick Stewart. He gave my first ever super sticker on this channel, two ninety nine for the super chat. Thank you very much. I'm not accustomed to that, but th thank you, uh, Patrick. That was very kind of you. I'll make sure that uh, I guarantee you that uh, I'm sure I'll make sure that two ninety nine finds its way into uh, a nice whiskey drink for uh, for Trevor uh, because I'm sure we'll be uh, doing that possibly even at the New York Comic Con in October. We shall see. <laughs> mm, yes. Yeah. yeah yeah, a bunch a bunch of shows this year to um, to finish uh, my answer to Jason's question. Uh, Terrificon back there uh, in Connecticut, the end of July at the Mohegan Sun. Great show, really comics fo comics focused, and it'll be a real full circle moment for me. Um, just kind of going back to my first convention after a year, and um, you know, seeing just how things have changed. Um, so August, we might be at Fan Expo Canada. I'm also thinking about just kind of having a month. Uh, totally travel free, but in September we'll be at the Memphis Comics Expo in Memphis, Tennessee, um, and then October New York Comic Con and Baltimore Comic Con. So a pretty hefty year, and um, yeah, that's that's most of the big traveling. I'm sure you'll see us signing at a couple of um, our uh, retailers who are, were kind enough to support the books. So shout out to uh, Wonderland Comics in Putnam, Connecticut, AJ's Comics in Colchester, Connecticut. Um, a Hero's Legacy in Manchester, Connecticut, Horizon Comics in Lancaster, California. Um, so, yeah, um, you know, consider back in the book. Link in the description. Appreciate everybody. Yeah, uh, Patrick says the personal commissions are totally worth it. And I, I know that you uh, you quite enjoy – you're masterful at finding just the right spot to sign on the comic book because that's always an art in and of itself. There's nothing worse than a creator that signs on the wrong spot, a spot on the cover 
of a nice comic book and ruins these covers, but you know exactly where to sign on these great covers from your artists. I'll give you that for sure. <laughs> Listen, man, I, I spend all this time and energy working with some incredible talent. The last thing I want to do is, is muddy up the waters and not let people appreciate what they do. So, um, yeah. And, and on that note, shout out to my creative team, man. I wouldn't be here without them. Um, the artist of, of issues one through four, Marcelo Salaza, the current artists for, uh, issue five and six, Samuel Ibunse, uh, variant cover artist, Adrian Bonilla, colorist, Marcio Freire, and last but certainly not least, uh, the comic book gold standard of lettering, Mr. Taylor Esposito. Big shout out to those guys. Um, I literally, uh, and actually would not be where I am without those guys. Fantastic. Well, everybody go and back the Kickstarter. Do it now. Don't wait, because then you might forget like I did last time. Uh, so go and back <laughs> it now, uh, and then you get to see it continue to creep up and see what stretch goals uh, it reaches. So uh, again, congrats on four successful so far, Trevor. Expect this one to be successful as well. Best of luck at your upcoming shows, and hope to see you at one of those shows soon. Cheers, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yep. So that's going to do it for this episode, everybody. Thanks for watching. I'm sure Rocky will have it up on his uh, his channel. So if you're checking it out later and you didn't get to ask your questions in the chat, leave them in the comments below. If you're listening on the audio only for uh, the comic source, then and you have questions, you can either head over to the YouTube video and leave your questions in the comment or reach out to Trevor on social media. Uh, he has a presence on Twitter. Remind everybody what the Pocket Watch Press handle is on Twitter, Trev. Yeah. So uh, if you look up Pocket Watch Press, that will usually come up, um, but it is officially at P Watch Press because character limits. And then um, at Pocket Watch Press on Instagram and Facebook as well. Come join us. We'd love to have you. All right. That's going to do it for this episode, everybody. Thanks for joining as always. We'll talk to you next time. See you later. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.